Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, October 11th. This is The Gateway. I'm Brian Moline, in for Wayne Pratt. St. Louis Actors Studio is presenting the local debut of Liza Birkenmeyer's play, Dr. Ride's American Beach House. It takes place on a St. Louis rooftop as women question their own identities after learning astronaut Sally Ride was gay. It seemed really wild, um, exciting, frustrating, and terrible to me that somebody who could get to space could not be publicly gay within her lifetime. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin speaks with the playwright in just a few minutes. The St. Louis County Council has advanced a bill that would freeze property taxes for seniors. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, the council could give final approval as early as next week. Democrats on the council had opposed a similar bill earlier this summer because they feared it would take funding away from schools and public services. But the council moved the bill forward Tuesday after some changes. Councilwoman Lisa Clancy says she still has concerns about the bill, but supports the recent changes. I think it is moving in the right direction. I'd like to see some additional changes, but for tonight, um, I think this is a, a better baseline than before. The bill includes a provision that would end the freeze after five years. County Executive Sam Page presented a $1 billion budget, which aims to cut the county's deficit and raise property taxes. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. Republican members of the Missouri and Illinois congressional delegations are on opposing sides of the U.S. House Speaker's race. Missouri Representatives Blaine Lukemeyer and Adam Wagner are backing Louisiana Congressman Steve Scalise. Illinois Representative Mary Miller is supporting Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan to succeed Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. Missouri Congressman Eric Burleson of Battlefield hasn't publicly declared who he's backing, but he's hoping the race can finish quickly. For not only what's happening in Israel, but really with the appropriation process, um, it, it's extremely important in my mind that we get back to work. Eight Republicans joined with most of the House Democrats to oust McCarthy from his post last week. Illinois political leaders are reiterating their support for Israel in the aftermath of the Hamas attacks last weekend that killed more than a thousand people. Alex Stegman reports. Hundreds of people at North Shore Congregation Israel in Glencoe sang, prayed, and comforted those personally affected by the attacks, and there are many in Illinois. Governor J.B. Pritzker says we must honor the many peace-loving Palestinians, but he's not sugarcoating his feelings about Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization, an army of murderers backed by Iran. Their mask has been removed. Executing innocent children and the elderly Well, there's a special kind of hell for that. Pritzker says police are on alert statewide, even though he says there's no immediate threat here. I'm Alex Degman. The National Park Service has added Greenwood Cemetery in Hillsdale to its National Underground Railroad network to freedom. The predominantly black cemetery established in 1874 is the burial site of more than 50,000 African Americans. Harriet Robinson Scott, Dred Scott's wife, also was buried there. Etta Daniels is a historian and archivist for the cemetery. This designation introduces Greenwood to a more national audience. It's also possibly going to allow us to find funding for some of the things that we'd like to do in the future. The Park Service also added the Tower Grove House at the Missouri Botanical Gardens and the burial site of Archer Alexander at St. Peter's Cemetery in Normandy. 
St. Louis is moving forward with its new Guaranteed Basic Income program, approved by the Board of Aldermen last December. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, those interested will be able to apply this month. Starting October 23rd, eligible St. Louis residents can apply for a new program supplying them with $500 a month. The city's Guaranteed Basic Income Plan will provide that assistance to about 540 families for 18 months. St. Louis Treasurer Adam Lane said the city will host events with community partners to spread awareness. Knowing where our city is the most vulnerable also means understanding that not everyone has access to technology, which is why community canvassing, word-of-mouth messaging, and community partnerships are an essential part of our collective effort. Applicants must be a St. Louis resident with a child or dependent under 18 who is enrolled in a St. Louis public or charter school, and applicants must also have been negatively affected financially by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Four women gather for conversation on a St. Louis rooftop in 1983. That's the setting for Dr. Ride's American Beach House, a play by St. Louis-born writer Liza Birkenmeyer. St. Louis Actors Studio is now presenting its local debut. The play is set the night before Sally Ride became the first American woman in space. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin asked Birkenmeyer how its characters question their identities after learning the famous astronaut is gay. I absolutely think the piece has to do with how we perform ourselves and how carefully or not carefully we do that, how we may or may not be able to do that depending on who we are and where we are. I feel like we have this social mistake that there is some quiet or simple truth under our um, louder or more vigorous or more sparkly expressions. And to me, it seems intuitive that actually our louder or more vigorous or more sparkly presentations are closer to our deepest desires. In this rehearsal clip, two women tell another about their book club. You'll hear actors Bridget Bassa, Lindsay Brill, and R.N. Healy. But it has given us It has given us a lot. For example, we say on Fridays to anyone who asks that we are going to the Two Serious Ladies book club. No one, no one asks. Except our husbands. I don't have a husband. You have a, you have something. Do you have a husband? (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) A key moment in the play comes when one of the characters says, by the way, did you know that Sally Ride is, quote, a lesbian? Is, Is that something that was part of her life that was known to queer communities in the 80s? While Sally Ride might not have been legible as a lesbian to to many people, I do think that there are probably people who would have assumed or guessed that she was queer at that time who didn't know her. She was out maybe not at that time to her close circle of friends, but um, she was soon after um, known to be gay in her very closest circles. I had uh, read that she had died and she had come out in her obituary. Her partner, with her consent, outed her in that. But in coming out posthumously, it seemed really wild, um, exciting, frustrating, and terrible to me that somebody who could get to space could not be publicly gay within her lifetime. In terms of writing plays with visibly queer themes, that the years you've been doing this, you've been making work, have you detected a different level of acceptance of queer stories or, to put a finer point on it, willingness to produce uh, stories that are visibly queer? That's so interesting. I think there is some excitement around producing producing stuff that has legibly queer things in it. I think there is excitement around that, which is really, really great. You premiered this play in 2019 after two years of workshopping. And what did it appear to mean at the time in terms of a story like this just having this visibility and having some success from audiences? 
Yeah, I mean, the memory of that week is, is 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 very clear in my mind. It was horrifying. I mean, I had never on that level felt like I personally could be seen. It didn't occur to me how personal the play was until it's it, it suddenly felt like everyone was going to be able to look at me by looking at it. Is there more of you personally in the pages of this piece than, than you've put in some prior work? It's not personal in terms of it doesn't cover any events of my life, but it certainly captures sort of the most humiliating, devastating, and exciting dynamics that I've ever experienced as a person. Feeling like I've been caught or falling on my face in front of other people as I recalibrate who I am to friends or lovers, as I open or close myself to the experience of being seen as a queer person. Um, noticed as a queer person, all of those joys and humiliations, and the dynamics that open up in the play between all four of them feel extremely of my um, body and intellect and experiences of sort of the, the most fleeting and extreme feelings. That was playwright Liza Birkenmeyer speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin. Our David Cazares edited that piece. St. Louis Public Radio is a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Brian Muldane. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.